our second week on, on our series, Fear and What You're Afraid Of, and What Are You Afraid Of? And, um, you know, this is week two. Last week, Pastor Cindy spoke on fear of failure. Uh, it was really a great message. Uh, if you were here, if you missed it, uh, you'll want to go online and hear it. Uh, it just really, really uh, helpful and encouraging. Today, we're going to continue and we're going to talk about another aspect of fear. And this one is fear of loss. Fear of loss. Um, so just before we go any further, uh, just good to get everybody calibrated a little bit. Okay, so, you know, what would be some examples of fear of loss? What would be some of the things people would maybe have fear of loss regarding? Job. A spouse. What else? Your home. Yeah, fear of loss of your home. It could, could be fear of loss of competition. Yeah, because of competition. Yeah, Paul. My hair. Okay, all I can say is I'm over that now. <laughs> That's all in my past, literally. Okay. Anything else? Any other things? One you could be you could suffer fear of loss regarding money. Sure. There's. I mean, you, you guys said it. It could be jobs, money, relationships, homes, health. There's. There's, the, the list is kind of like endless, isn't it? I mean, there, because it's almost like anything in our life that you value, you could have fear of, of losing it, okay? So let's read um, the, today's scripture uh, about an example of where fear loss. And I'll have to admit, I'd never thought of this scripture fully in the way we're using it today, but it actually is a great example of it, okay? It's, it's very familiar scripture to most of you. Now I'm going to warn you. But then I'm also going to qualify it. Today, we're doing something very unique. The scripture, of course, we put it up here every week if you have your Bibles. But you'll probably need it up here even if you brought your Bible because I am going to be reading it from the Amplified Version. Okay? Because why would you say something briefly if you can say it longer? You know? But, but no, actually, the Amplified is not, is not very much longer this time. But why I picked it is because that the little bit of additional words it adds truly adds clarity to the, to the message here, okay? And so uh, on the verses on the, on the wall will be the Amplified as well. So this is in uh, Matthew chapter 25, and we're going to be starting in verse 14, reading through verse 30. And it says, A man was about to take a journey, and he called his servants together and entrusted them with his possessions. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And then he went on his journey. The one who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made a profit and gained five more. Likewise, the one who had two made a profit and gained two more. But the one who had received the one talent went and dug a hole in the ground, and he buried his master's money. Now, a long time went by, and the master returned to those servants, and he settled accounts. And the one who had received the five talents came and brought him five more, saying, Master, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have made a profit and gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in the joy of your master. <coughs> also, the one who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have made a profit 
and gain two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful and trustworthy with a little. Now I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your master. The one who had received the one talent also came forward saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh and demanding man, reaping the harvest where you did not sow and gaining uh, and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid to lose that talent. And so I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what you own. But his master said to him, You wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I reap and harvest where I did not sow, and, you, and I gather where I did not scatter seed. Then you ought to have put my money with the bankers, and at my return, then I would have at least received money back with interest. So take the talent away from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has and values the blessings and gifts from God and has used them wisely, more will be given. And he will be richly supplied so that he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, because he has ignored or disregarded the blessings from God, even what he does have will be taken away. So, just a quick review of what we just read. Wealthy man, prior to leaving on a trip, takes eight bags of gold. The guy was pretty good shape. Okay? Had, takes eight bags of gold. And by the way, it doesn't tell us that was all he had. It just tells us that he took eight bags of gold. Okay? And he leaves them with three of his servants. It says to one he gave five, another he gives two, to a third one he gives one. Now, Scripture also doesn't tell us that he gave those guys any instruction beyond that he was entrusting that gold to them. And then he left. Verse 19 tells us he was gone a long time. Now, we don't know, you know, we don't know how long, but it says a long time, so let's just all agree it was a long time. <laughs> right? Okay? It was long enough that, you know, it was a long time. When he returns, he calls them together because he wants to settle accounts. The man who had received the five had used the gold as investment capital, just like it said, and he had invested it, and he had earned an additional five bags of gold. 100% return. I mean, that's pretty good. Okay? Now, the other thing that the Scripture, because like I said, Scripture doesn't tell us how long he was gone, just that it was a long time. So, and the only reason I'm kind of hitting on that point so much is because of this. I don't want us to think, because Scripture doesn't tell us or lead us this way at all, to think that, well, how did that guy get such a good return? Well, I mean, if the guy had given him five bags on Monday, come back on Tuesday, and there was ten, you know, I mean, well, no, I mean, you know, we might think, well, the only way you did that was something maybe illegal, or, you know, you bought a lottery ticket, or, I mean, you, you, it's, not a, it's not an expected kind of thing to be able to turn five bags of gold into ten in a day or two, okay? So we might question how the guy did it. But because it tells us he was gone a long time, you know, I, I just want us to understand that doesn't necessarily mean the guy did something foolish or risky in order to generate this return. He probably did it in a very logical way. Just to give you an example, um, I mean, if you invest money today and you can earn a 10% return on your money, 
Okay, a 10%, which in some is in a business, that's not a, a crazy kind of return for a business to earn a 10% profit, a 10% return. Well, if you can earn 10% a year, in seven years, your money will double. If you can earn a, a, a 7% return, in 10 years, your money will double. So, I mean, the, the, the fact is, it, you know, there's nothing here that should cause us to think that this man did anything other with that goal that he was entrusted with other than he did something reasonable and logical and ethical and moral and that he just was a good hard worker. Okay? So, uh, you know, all we know is that, that, that along with the time that he had and his hard work and maybe the good economic environment of that moment, you know, of that point in history, uh, it helped him generate this excellent return. Okay? That's all we know is that he was given five bags of gold. He did wise things with it. I'm sure he worked hard. The economy may have been helping him, but, but in the time he had, he comes back and returns 10. And what does the master say? Good job. Good job. Okay. Likewise, the second service who got, uh, servant who got the two bags, he took it and says he invested that wisely as well, and he returned four bags. Same time frame, same market conditions, same economy, for all we know, guy one and two may have talked together, may have shared investment strategies. In fact, who knows? They may have gone into business together. All we know is under similar conditions, only different amounts of money, they both returned 100% return. Five to 10, two to four. And what did the master tell that man? Good job. Finally, the master turns his attention to the third servant. And this guy's got a different story. He's, you know, it's interesting. The master goes to guy one and two, and the first thing scripture says that they said is they approach him and they say, Master, you entrusted me with, and here's what I did. This guy, the master approaches, and what were the first words out of his mouth? You're a hard man, and you have high expectations. He, <laughs> you see the difference here? Okay, you have high expectations. So, I was afraid. Fear. Fear of loss. Okay? Fear got a hold of me. And I was afraid something might happen to your money. So I couldn't take a risk on losing it. Now remember, this guy, you know, again, Scripture doesn't tell us, but these are three servants of the same guy. So, I mean, I guess I'm assuming that as soon as each one got their allocation to go, like one didn't go to... Nebraska and the other one to Oklahoma and the other one to Georgia. You know, you know, I mean, I'm assuming they didn't go like in, that they kind of stuck around. Okay, so I'm assuming they all kind of had access to each other. And the master's gone a long time. Think about it. Guy number three, who's got fear, could have been watching guy one and two going, hey, this seems to be working for them. Maybe I could at least go join in with what they're doing. I, 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 it's working. Do, do you see what, I mean, I, I, just because it doesn't tell us, there's kind of a logic here that I think it's okay for us to apply that says, I, I don't think we have to assume guy number three was living in a vacuum. He's, he's watching these other two, okay, but, but he says, I can't take a risk on losing it, so I didn't invest your bag of gold, okay? Now let's come to current. I didn't even buy a CD with it. I didn't even go to the bank and just open a passbook savings account. Think about, I mean, I, I, the, all the, you know, the, at least you could do that, right? Okay, he didn't even do that. He literally took it and buried it in the ground. 
Yeah, okay, he put it under his mattress. No, I mean, you know, okay, it's just, he buried it in the ground. So, and then he proudly says, so here's your bag of gold back. <laughs> one bag entrusted, one returned, no, nothing, no gain. And what does the master say? Not a good job. <laughs> not, I mean, now, the master's not happy. In fact, he calls the guy wicked and lazy. Wicked and, now, what are, what are some words he didn't call him? He didn't call him. What else? I mean, just think about it. He didn't call him faithful servant. Okay, but now he also didn't call him dishonest. I mean, the guy did. Let's let's be clear, because there's a whole different thing here, right? It's not like the guy took the bag of gold, did something dishonest with it, and now he's got nothing. He actually returned what he was given. So he he's he's not called dishonest. He's not called a thief. He's called wicked and lazy. In fact, the servant, all the time he had it available to him for his use, he did nothing with it. He didn't even keep it out and look at it. I mean, well, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know if a guy gave me a bag of gold. I mean, I don't know. I might try to find a safe place in the house, but... At least hold it where every now and I could get it out and look at it and kind of imagine, oh, what if this was mine, you know? I mean, he, 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 he literally put it out of sight. So, I mean, it's almost crazy. It's not even, it's like less than not using it. It's like I'm not going to use it, but I don't even want to, like, deal with it. I don't even want to look at it. Okay. Let's just be clear. This passage is about way more than money. Money just makes a good object lesson for us. But this passage is about anything that God entrusts to you and me. The gifts, the abilities. What are we going to do with them? Are we going to invest them? Are we going to hide them away? It's a great example of a guy who's incapacitated by a fear of loss. He's so afraid of it, and he's held captive by this spirit of fear to the point that he can't even do the simplest thing, like deposit the money at the bank. Couldn't even do that. So what are we supposed to do with this? How are we supposed to use it in our lives? What, how can we then deal with the spirit of fear, the spirit of loss? The fear of loss in our lives. A few ideas. One, one if, we, if we do suffer from that, we need to ask God to help us to determine the source. Where, how, what caused it? Where did it come from? We need to recognize that fear is a spirit. And it's a powerful one. Because it's used by the enemy, we've talked about this a lot of times, to sideline us and to paralyze us. Because if the enemy can, get, can shut you down and keep you out of the game... You're just, you're just one less guy on offense he's got to block. Okay? And, and so if he doesn't have to fight you, he can just shut you down by giving you a spirit of fear. You're, you know, that's like me taking the batteries out of the toy, right? I mean, it's still the toy, but it's paralyzed. It's not doing anything. 
Spiritual battles also, we got to re- remember, have to be fought with spiritual weapons. You're not going to think your way out of it. You're not going to go talk to a friend. You know, you can go to the bookstore or go on Amazon, I guess. There aren't any bookstores anymore. You got to go online. You know, you can go get a book about fear. You can, you can just do all you want, but unless you use the right weapons, you'll still have it. And it's going to take a spiritual weapon to deal with a spiritual battle. So I think a fair question for us to ask, because obviously guy one and two didn't suffer from this. So why did servant three suffer from it? What, what, what could have caused him to, to be this way? And again, scripture doesn't tell us, but I think we can probably assume that either it's a generational thing. Jock? Okay. But I think that God would say, if that's the master, would rather that he invest in loss and, instead of not trying. Okay, so he, was, he had a fear about consequences. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's right. I think that's possible. This reminds me of the song, the Maori song. I even under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine. Yeah. Now, if you take that and you shine to banker, it's a little different than shining to a, a thief. Right. So To show the, yeah. So he, he's, he's, he's wanting, you know, there's a, there is a fear that can, that can change people and cause them not to shine, right? Not to share what God has given them. You know, I'll just give you one other idea. For fear, fear could be fear of rejection, too. One of the things that will shut people down is I'm afraid if I move, I'll be rejected. Mike? It could be a form of resentment, too. He may feel that, you know, ah. he's already had so much. Why should he work to, to help him gain? To help him... Okay, the master is already rich enough. Well, no, okay. The ma- hey, hey, do you think people today ever resent, like, really rich people? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, and, and, and do you ever hear people when some of those rich folks get in trouble? Some people go, yeah, yeah, they're coming. Yeah. I mean, right? I mean, on the news, okay, if we're not careful... Sometimes we can kind of go, yeah, you know, he probably had it coming. Okay. But, you know, no, that's not, the, the, this was a, a, an investment. I love the word that he entrusted the bags of gold. He didn't give it to them. Okay. And he, and he didn't say, hey, here's some gold, store it for me. That would have been a whole different thing, right? I mean, if, 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 I, if I came to you, hey, I'm going to be gone on a long trip. I don't know, I got this painting that I really care about, you know, or something. No, yeah, I don't know, just something, an object, right? And I said, I really care about this, so I'm going to be gone long enough, and just in case the power went out or, you know, there was a fire, I'd, you know, can, would, can I give this to you? Would you keep this painting for me while I'm gone for the next few years on a trip, okay? Well, I don't expect you to invest. I mean, I, I, would, I would think you might hang it on the wall and enjoy it. But at the very least, you'd stick it in a box and put it in the back of the hall closet or something, right? I mean, you know, but you'd, you'd hang on to it. This is a whole different thing. He says, I entrusted it to you, which means that you had, you had freedom. Yeah, someone else had a comment. Yeah, please. False evidence of fearing the Lord. They said that he was yeah. a hard man. Yeah. Well, that's, that's true. That's, that's false. That's false evidence appearing real. 
That's right. Scripture. The, remember, the other two guys worked for the same man. If he was an ogre, no, really, you know what I mean? If he was awful, why would they have been willing to take even a greater risk with more money? Right? So, I mean, that's a wonderful point. Is, is There is no evidence in Scripture that he was a hard man. He, he, I mean... He may have been, we don't know, but, but you can't say it by this, because two out of the three didn't seem to have any hesitation to go take the money and make money with it, invest it, okay? I mean, for, for us today, that's probably, I mean, at least I think the picture that would come to a lot of people's mind is if a guy wrote each, you know, three of us a check, you know, like one for, I don't know, a million bucks, one for 500000 and one for, you know, 2000 or something, you know, a small amount, okay? And he said, I'm entrusting this money to you till, while I'm gone. Okay, I guess what most people do, Dave, would either, if they didn't have a, a business, a literal business to go invest it in, they'd probably go put it in the stock market. Or, or at least go buy a CD or, you know, they would, they, they would put the money into something that, where it would work. Okay? So that it would get a return. But, but here, no, this guy did not do that. You know, what, some of the ways that people act when they live with fear. Let's think, let's think about that. If, for people who are living with fear loss, what would be some of the ways we would see? What, how, would, how would it kind of manifest itself in ways we would see? What do you think they might be like? Pardon me? Hoarding. hoarding. They might be hoarding. Yeah? What are some other ways? How do, how do you think those people live? Like, what kind of life do they have? Stationary. They don't do anything. Like, so, I think part of the problem he had is he feared the wrong thing from his master. His master, sound, I would argue, was a hard man If I'm afraid of harming a relationship instead of working to help that relationship, I just shut it out entirely. Okay, so so one of the things that can happen then is isolation. Yeah. Right. We we people that live with fear of loss ultimately become isolated. They 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 clam up. What else, Elizabeth? Pardon me. They don't try. If once, once you allow that fear of loss to get into your life, again, it, it paralyzes you, it isolates you, and so even if, some, even if good things came your way, you're just locked down. You don't even try, yes, ma'am? You don't trust anybody. You don't, because who, how, how do you pick, right? I mean, if you can't... Right? I mean, once you start having fear, everybody looks like a problem. Right? Everybody looks like a problem. Because, you know what? You might want to just take my money. I mean, forget that I didn't earn anything. You just may take it. And now what am I going to do? I can't pay it back. That's right. That's right. Well, I think you have, it's what do we, all of those things. And you know what else I think, Jamie, is, is it, we, we, I'm sorry? Oh, it causes a terrible amount of worry and stress. And, and you know, when people start feeling worried and stressed, I think one of the other things they might do, 
because I need to get that off of me. I can't get rid of the spirit of fear of loss, right? Just by, but all that worry and stress, I'm going to blame other people. I'm going to find somebody to blame. Because if I can point it and say, well, the reason I'm blah, blah, blah is because of you, right? All of a sudden, I'm, I think I'm, 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 I'm unloading a little of that, right? And saying, you know, and, and, and frankly, isn't that what the guy did when he walked up and said, you're a hard man. He's actually, bl- he's, he's actually blaming the master for his lack of activity because the, the master gave no direction. He just said and trusted it to them, but he's blaming him for the reason he did nothing. So, so we just got to realize that this fear immobilizes people, it ke- and it, it keeps you as a victim. All of a sudden, everything that's bad in life that happens, it happens, it's, you're doing it to me. I'm a victim. I have no control. I have no power. And yet, two other people under exactly the same circumstances, in fact, I might even say higher stakes because they had more to lose. They had more to have to explain if the deal went south. Okay, These people moved forward. They, they used the gifts and abilities as it gets, says later, they used all that God had given them. Because you know what, even if it's the master, even if a literally a physical person hands you gold, isn't that a gift from God? I mean, if somebody, a stranger or somebody you know walked up to you today and handed you a check for a hundred grand or something, and, and I mean, and said, hey, listen, I, I really, I want you to have it. This is just, this is a gift. You know, I'm entrusting this to you. Okay, I, I want you to have it. I mean, what? <laughs> I don't, I'd say thank you very much. I mean, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't question. Say no, 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 no. I mean, I'm assuming if you did it, you actually, <laughs> you've thought this through, <laughs> you know. Okay, but, but, it, when you have that fear, it keeps you as a victim, and it and it causes you to feel that you have no control. You have no matter what comes your way. You, you see it the bad way. You see, you see it as, how's this going to work out badly for me? Rather than, than seeing the opportunities that, that God, you know, it can cause us to miss out on God's best for our lives. Anybody ever had to like kind of go through the storm to get to the good weather? No, no you know, I mean, I mean, look, if, look, if, if I was God, I would have written a whole new program. I'd just give you the good weather and say, guys, you know, let's avoid all the storms. But God's far wiser than I am, and he's understood that one of the ways that we come to appreciate the good weather is by coming through the storm. Okay? And, and so, you know, I've had, I've had some bosses that I like better than others. Okay? But, you know, the truth is, some, you know, this is going to sound funny, but maybe you'll agree, identify with this. Actually, the worst boss I ever had turned out to be a big favor to me because the reason he was so bad was he didn't do his own job and he kept dumping work on me. This was young. I was young in my career. He was dumping work on me. I did it. But guess who happened to recognize who was doing the work? His boss. And I got promoted really quickly. Okay. Now, at the time, Somebody might be able to tell you how late I got home from work and how, and somebody in the room might know a little bit more about how to, you know, it wasn't without a cost. It wasn't without work. It wasn't without investment. But if I hadn't gone through it, I had to go through that to get to the blessing. Okay. So 
We just need to understand and ask God to help us understand where it is, where did it come from, how did we get in our lives, and then we want to get rid of it. And I just want to leave you on that point with if you, know, if you suffer from fear of loss and you want to get rid of it, call the church. Make an appointment for a prayer appointment. You fight a spiritual battle with a spiritual weapon. Prayer is one of the most fierce weapons we have, and we underutilize it so badly. Amen. I mean, we really do. We, we tend to we treat that like the last thing after we've tried all our smart ideas and they don't work. And what we ought to learn, I mean, and I'm in there with all of us, okay, I'm trying to remind myself to start with that <laughs> and then let God show me maybe some steps he'd have me take, you know, but you do it in the right order, okay? Second thing that I feel like this passage really teaches us is live thankfully and generously. You know, God has entrusted every one of us. There's not, there is nobody in this room, there is nobody you know, where God, when they get to heaven, God's going to go, oops, I forgot to load up your bucket. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm meant to give you some gifts and abilities and talents. You, I must have blinked when you passed. I mean, I, there is nobody that's going to get there and find out that God didn't give them something. If you don't know what it is, if, I'm, if, if you believe, if you'll agree with me that God has given everybody gifts and abilities and, thing, and things to do, and even in Ephesians, right, it talks about that when, before God created the world, he, cre he, he created things in advance for us to do. So he wouldn't give me stuff in advance. He wouldn't plan stuff for me to do and not equip me to do it. Because God wouldn't do that. Okay? So... We need to live that and, and realize that God's entrusted each of us with different gifts and blessings. Some of them are more visible than others, some of them, but, but they're all valuable, and, they, and we've all received stuff. Okay, let's just quickly, because what are some of the gifts and abilities God gives us? Just name some. Health. Health, health is one. What else? Sorry? Empathy, yeah, gives, gives us feelings towards others. What else does he bless us with? Administration. Administration, he gives gifts like that. What other kind of gifts? Talent, he gives us talent. Literally, in some cases, it may be musical talents. It may be the talent to earn money. It may be the talent, you know what I mean? There's all kinds of talents and abilities. Do, do you see, do, yeah, Jacques. But gifts, he gives people hospitality. There, there are so many gifts and abilities and blessings and talents that God blesses us with. It's really simple. Don't bury what God's given you. Don't, don't, that kind of sum it up nice and neat. Don't bury it. Invest it and use it. Be a good steward. He gave them to you for you to invest and use for the advancement of the kingdom. He gives us opportunities to share our faith. He, he, he blesses us with these things. You know, I, I love the verse Proverbs 3, 27, 28. It talks about, it says, don't withhold good from someone when it's in your power to act. Now there's some things going on that I do not have the power to act on. God's not holding me accountable for those things. But there are plenty of things, whether you've got a dollar in your pocket or a hundred or a thousand or a hundred thousand, God puts opportunities in front of you. Like he said, he and he, the master handed out the bags according to each one's ability. Each one, I mean, 
which also tells me God isn't going to treat all of us the same. It doesn't mean he's not going to bless all of us, but, but your, your assortment of gifts, your package of gifts and abilities, right? We, you know, there's already a Steve in the world. Trust me, the world doesn't need another one right now. You know, there's already, no, you know, we, we need a Michael. We need a Jacques. We, you see what I mean? We need a Steen. We, we need a Ruth. We, we, God, there's, he, we're all kinds of different people with different assortments of gifts and abilities and talents because he's got a different plan in mind for each of us. He's got a route he wants to take you on of life that, that your unique mix is going to be exactly the, the, the blessings and gifts and talents needed to, to, to address the opportunities that he puts in front of you. Okay, so, the, so somebody said this earlier. I, I'm sorry, I forget who, but, but it was kind of like about what if, what, if the, what if any of those three guys had invested and lost all the money? No, again, nowhere does it say that's all the money the guy has. Now, I don't know, but I'm going to give you my opinion, and you're free to make your own. I think, the, I think the master would have said, tell me what you did with it. And the guy would have said, well, I invested and did this. I worked, I worked all these hours. I, Lord says, hey, I gave you a voice to use. What would you do with it? Well, I went out and sang my heart out every chance I had. I, 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 whatever it is. You see what I mean? Whatever that gift and ability. I led worship every Sunday that anybody would let me. You know, or do, do you see what I'm saying? Or anytime somebody, I saw somebody in need, I offered to pray with them. Hey, listen. If you lose all that bag of gold, I think the master is going to say, I'm so glad and thankful that you did your best. You were out there in the battle fighting every day. You were working. And, hey, that's okay. Because guess what, Mr. Servant, child of God? I have unending riches. I'll give you five more. Let's go try it again. Let's go. If, as long as you tell me you're out there fighting the battle and doing the work and you did the best you could to honor me with what I gave you, if it gets blown away somehow... I got more. I got more. Let's go do it again. I, so why wouldn't we live thankfully and generously? Because there was a family I knew. I'm sorry, I'm going to deviate for two minutes because there was a family I knew growing up. Because I, I don't want this to sound like it's all about money. Because it's about way more, okay? But money just makes a good point. Where I grew up, there was a family I knew. The guy owned a grocery store. Or ran a, you know, he was the manager of a grocery store. And I don't know about these days, but at least back then, if you were the manager of a grocery store, you could make good money, at least where I grew up, okay? So I don't know if he was one of the richest guys in town, but, but they, were, they were just a family that always, you know, drove a nice car and lived in a nice house and seemed to have money, okay? I didn't know a lot about them. I was a kid. What did kids know about other adults? Later in life, I found out those people gave away every penny they had for years, to support missions, to help families locally in need, to uh, bring refugees to the U.S. and help them get settled. I mean, I, I literally know for a fact from people who were involved with them that they literally gave away every penny they had many times over. And one time, this guy told my dad, he says, all I know is I keep trying to give it away and God keeps bringing it back. <laughs> now, I know we all hear some stories, but I'm just telling you, that's one I actually know is true because it's like not a hundred people away. It's, it's a family I know. 
and, but they were people who lived generously and thankfully because they knew it was all from God. They knew it was a blessing. They knew every nickel they had was from God. And so they were kind of like, let's use it. If God is tired of us doing his work, he'll quit supplying more money. Right? Apparently God never got tired of them doing good on behalf of, no, because he, he just kept giving them more. So we want to live thankfully and generously. And again, that's not just, but, but whatever gift God has given you, if it's the gift of hospitality, don't grow weary in doing good. Be hospitable, right? I mean, whatever that gift is. If you've gift, God has given you the gift of faith, and boy, use that faith. Or healing. Lord knows there's a lot of people that need to be healed. Go pray for them. Don't bury it, invest it. Because there's kind of a warning in Scripture. It's, I think it's a gentle, kind one, but it's a, okay. But Luke 12, 48 says really clearly in every translation, to whom much is given, much is required. I don't think it's a mistake that the guy that got five, much was given. I mean, I'm not saying if he had said, well, okay, that five, I made two more, here's seven. I'm not saying the master would have been mad at him. But I kind of think the story, the thing we need to learn from this was he had five, much is required. So I don't think when he got two extra bags, he said, hey, that's a decent return. I think I'll kick back and go fishing. No, I mean, you know, there's some reason why he kept going. Does that make sense? He kept going. When the guy that got two, when he had earned a third one, he could have said, well, that's 50, that's a good... Who wouldn't, who would sneeze at a 50% return, right? But he said, but he kept going. Okay, to whom much is given, much is required. Peter, 1 Peter 4.10 tells us, each one of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So the blessings that God gives us, you know, he, he, he never says you can't enjoy any of it yourself. But he says, use it to bless others. Use it to bless others. Don't just hoard it and look at it. Use it to bless others. <sighs> Servants 1 and 2 didn't suffer from a fear of loss. They knew all the same things about the master that Servant 3 did. But they didn't bury it. They put them to work. They invested them. And they not only earned a good return for their efforts, but they earned the praise of the master. And I know that every one of us don't want to let fear of loss keep us from hearing the master telling us, just like they did, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your master's happiness. Come and celebrate. Last thing is... I think we ought to ask God for wisdom and boldness. Wisdom and boldness. I don't want to just be wise. I want to be bold. Right? I mean, otherwise you're kind of just playing defense. You know, I'm a stopgap. Don't can't come any past this, but let's advance the kingdom. And that takes some boldness. And that's where the verse we've used both weeks in this, 2 Timothy 1.7 comes in and says, God hadn't given us a spirit of fear. So if you've got fear, it's not from God. If you've got fear, it's not from God. Okay, you don't have to wonder, you don't need to call a friend. I'm t- I mean, 
It's clear. If you are suffering from fear, it is not from God. Because God doesn't give us fear. It, scripture promises what he does give us is power, love, and a sound mind. So ask God to give you his eyes. Help see, have you ever prayed that? I've prayed that before. God, help me see things on this the way you do. Give, give me, and, and all of a sudden, I, I get some new ideas. I get some new approach, okay? I'll give you one. Because some of us have faced this. About loss of a job. I don't know anybody that could be facing that. You know what? All of us would agree. Loss of a job, we'd say that, that on the column of good things and bad things, we'd all put that in the bad thing, right? I understand that. We should, I mean, we, why not? That's not a good, okay? Not a good thing. It sounds bad, but all I want to offer you is one thought. What if that's the storm before the good weather? What if that's God's way? of blessing you because most of us wouldn't go out of our way to lose our job, would we? No, you know what I mean? Most of us wouldn't, wouldn't try to intentionally lose a job. So if I'm not going to intentionally, but maybe I'm not in the place God wants me. Maybe I'm in a bad environment. Maybe, maybe my work conditions aren't really healthy for me. But I also, for some of us, I mean, but also, there, and I had a few little time like that, okay? But I also knew I had a mortgage to pay, and I had three young kids, and they needed shoes, and I needed to buy food, and I'm going like, I can't lose my job. I mean, I'm not going to go do it intentionally. But what if God, allowing that moment to happen to you of suffering, a, like being told you're fired, that, that's going to hurt anybody. I, I, nobody's going to go <laughs> You know, no, I mean, I, I don't want you to, I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not really trying to be funny, but I also, I don't want to be foolish. I don't want you to think that guy's a, you know, he doesn't understand. No, none of us are going to go, yeah, okay, no. But what if God is doing that because he's got a better job for you, but he knows you won't quit because you're not that, you're a hardworking, dedicated, loyal person who's going to stick with things. But what he wants to do is shake you free from that unhealthy work environment so he can lead you to a better one. Sometimes loss, again, maybe you and I would have done it differently if we were God. But it just seems like God has set things up where sometimes loss is necessary to set us up for gain. Okay? Now, I'm not saying every time, you know, let's not, okay, God can work things out of, you know, more ways than you and I can think of. But I want to offer up, that's one of them. That's at least one of them, okay? And so, and so what we don't want to let is that fear of loss, of losing that job, to rob us of what God's got for us by burying everything else in our lives and isolating us and, you see what I mean, and putting us on the sideline and, and getting us out of the game because the enemy's just going, all right, I'm winning, okay? He wants us to stay in the game and trust him because, as, as, as it was said, Jacques said this, sometimes... I'm facing stuff, and I bet you have too, when I don't know. I do not know how to pray. You just say, Jesus. He knows everything's in your heart. You just need to let him know you're talking to him. Just call it Jesus. 
And I'll tell you what, if you need more words, he'll give them to you. But sometimes that's just all you need. Sometimes that's all you got. And he's never going to say, well, I didn't do anything for you because you didn't say more. I don't serve that kind of God. Yeah, the words are for you. He already knows what you need. Okay, so let's just remember that when things are going crazy, let's don't look around. Let's don't just, everybody will say, well, look around. Read the, yeah, okay. Don't just look around to figure out what's going on. Look to God. Figure out what's going on. Psalm 34, 4 is one of those good verses. It says, I sought the Lord, and he delivered me from all my fears. And he'll deliver you from the fear of loss. All right, let's close. Today, can any of you identify with the third guy at all? Can anybody, anybody? If we're honest, I think we all can a little bit, at least at some point. Maybe not every day, maybe not in every deal. But I think all of us have probably could have at some point said, yeah, you know, I, I, may, have, I, may, have let, I may have allowed fear of losing something cause me to kind of get incapacitated. Okay, so let's just don't blame others for our situation, right? And let's take responsibility. And so today, uh, why don't you stand with me as you get ready to close. And if, if you have suffered from fear of loss at any level, okay, then let's just, let's just pray to get rid of it. Just pray and get rid of it, okay? So, so Lord, today... You know our hearts. Father, today we confess to you that we have uh, allowed fear of loss to creep into our lives, Lord, through either down through our generational, uh, our family, or Lord, or through things we've done ourselves. And so today, oh, Father, we, uh, we just want to break fellowship and agreement with that spirit of loss in our lives. And we, we just say to that fear of loss in Jesus' name, Leave my life. Get out of my life. I don't want you here. Holy Spirit, we ask you to flood in and fill that space, yes. Father, yes. with your Holy Spirit, with your presence, with your peace, love, and joy, with the power of love and a sound mind that you promised us that no spirit of fear can indwell. Lord, now we just ask you to, uh, to cover that, that spirit of fear, that up from our lives, Lord, back up to wherever it came from with your precious and holy blood, that it can't return, that it no longer has any power and authority in our lives. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the gifts and abilities you've given us. And Lord, our, our desire, the desire of our hearts is to use them wisely, generously, and boldly for the advancement of the kingdom. We entrust it all to you. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen.